Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals, a podcast aimed at exploring all the topics relating to addiction and recovery. And if you'll notice the background here, it's not our usual sexy studio that we have. And I don't have my normal co-host with me. Uh, and I have some news on both of those. We're going to be operating out of a new studio when COVID leaves us, if it ever does. And I'm going to have a new co-host, but that'll be a surprise in the future. But right now, I am pleased to have as a guest today on Odyssey House Journals, Adam Cohen, who is the CEO of Odyssey House. Welcome, Adam. Great to be here, Randall. It's uh, nope. great to see you virtually, even though we uh, work about 20 <laughs> feet away from each other. Well, the reason, the reason I asked for you to be on this podcast is I wanted, while I have you live, semi-live on the air, it's recorded, but we're, we're sort of live, uh, is, is so I could ask you, first of all, for a pay raise. Perfect. Good morning to you, Randall, too. <laughs> this will be my last day at Odyssey House because we just did that. No, uh, in, in all seriousness, Adam, the, one of the reasons I wanted to, to get you on is I have a friend who is, shall we say, middle-aged. I'm old now, so middle-aged to me is 50s, early 60s, okay? And she is a, a therapist in private practice. And I was talking to her one day about, uh, do you ever refer your clients to Odyssey House? And her comment to me, and it sort of shocked me because I've worked here for three years now, is she, she talked about um, the, some of the horrible stories she's heard about our program and the draconian measures that we take to help people in recovery. And so I thought, who better than you, who's been around Odyssey as CEO for how long, 20 years? I've been the CEO for 11, but I've worked here for 20, yeah. For, for 20 years, so you have a pretty good working knowledge of the program after all that time. And she was bringing up things like, um, she didn't have the good word for it, and I think the word was marathon, but she said, she said, we've heard stories about you locking people in dark rooms and trying to get them to cry and come clean and reveal their innermost feelings and everything, which is something we don't do now. But I, but I guess maybe it would, it, would, it would benefit us to explore the origins of Odyssey and then how we have modified over the years. Can, so you, the, the, it's all yours. <laughs> well, that's a that's a, a fifty year history. I don't know that we have all the time to do all of that, but I can give kind of okay. a broad overview of of who we are as a, as an organization and our identity and where we come from. And, and when we started back in the sixties or late sixties, I guess it was, it was a much different time in America in terms of in terms of America itself, as well as how we dealt with things like addiction. So can you talk about that? Sure. So the origin of Odyssey, the, the beginnings of Odyssey House was uh, Judy Ann Densengerber um, is a, was a psychiatrist and uh, she worked in an acute hospital and kept seeing um, heroin addicts coming in and out of the hospital and uh, just repeat, they'd go in, get sober, leave and then they come back days later and she was frustrated with that so um and and thought that there that there's a better way to do it so 
she and 17 heroin addicts um, in the in the mid 60s 1966 created Odyssey House and we were we were the first um, psychiatrically enhanced modified therapeutic community in the world um, and that's important to note because that 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 innovation has spanned our entire history and and having that framework of of having um, being pioneers in 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 treatment really does reflect who we are as as an organization who we want to be um, in the future always trying something new um, so <clears throat> generally therapy what what you said uh, therapeutically enhanced or uh, uh, psychologically enhanced therapeutic community what does that mean so it, it psychiatrically enhanced therapeutic community so it means that um, Traditional therapeutic communities are generally peer-run, peer-led programs. In, in our founding, we were we acknowledged that uh, the reason for people's substance use is because of underlying mental health conditions, uh, underlying family discord, uh, underlying me medical conditions that are untreated. So that that brings the framework and of okay, well, we need to treat them medically, but also there's some there's a lot of value in peer-to-peer -peer interaction and very similar to, to uh, what AA is and, and having peer-to-peer -peer, um, somebody who's been through uh, the recovery process coaching people who are early in the recovery process and dragging them up into, into recovery. In other so, words, I'm a heroin addict, you're a heroin addict, and I'm in long-term recovery, and you're not, and you'll believe me more than you will somebody else, because I've been there, done that. Sure. Um, it, so having, having that peer relationship that I know what you're going through, but it doesn't stop there. That's kind of the flaw of, of the traditional um, old-school therapeutic communities that have long been abandoned. Um, but uh, in our founding, we, we knew that we needed to have professional help. Uh, so we had, Judy was a, was a psychiatrist, but we had therapists and we had psychologists and, and all different multidisciplinary team to help treat the individuals. So that's, that's our evolution over, uh, over, or that's our beginning. And over time, you know, we, we, uh, created programs for specific populations, um, adolescent treatment, Odyssey House was the first uh, uh, mothers with children program uh, in the country. Uh, that was Maybon back in New York, Mothers and Babies Off Narcotics was the program and, and we established it here as well. And so uh, Odyssey House moved from New York to Utah to New Hampshire, New Orleans, Texas, uh, Australia, and New Zealand, and a few others. And, and uh, we were unified at, uh, for the first 15 or so years and then uh, split up into uh, individual organi organizations that are locally, uh, locally governed uh, by our nonprofit board of directors. And, uh, and so then we've evolved differently from, from, the other or from the other Odyssey houses in the world. Uh, we share a history, uh, we share a, 
that sense of innovation. Um, but but we've evolved to adapt to <clears throat> our local community, and and Utah looks a whole lot different than uh, Harlem or New Orleans uh, or Detroit. So. Yeah. Um, so we so we adapt our programming and service delivery system to meet to meet who comes to our door. What were some of the uh, the images that that uh, my uh, therapist friend was talking about that no longer exist? Well, first of all, there's 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 always there's been myths that are out there that were never true. And then there are things that we did early on that we don't do anymore. So I think, I think uh, oftentimes we're, we're needing to do myth busting uh, pretty regularly on, uh, no, we don't lock people <laughs> in rooms alone. No, uh, no, we're not yelling and screaming at people, all of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I, it's it's hard. It, it, some of the some of the rumors and myths out there are are, are interesting because they seem outlandish, um, and sometimes they're based in a fragment of reality, but not 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 always. So, so so now I, let's talk about Odyssey now. What um, if somebody comes into Odyssey an Odyssey residential program for? Uh, addiction, heroin, meth, alcohol, whatever. How is that person treated and what can they expect to find in a residential setting at, at Odyssey? Sure. So <clears throat> first of all, you're going to be treated by professional staff who know what they're doing and are experienced with, with addictions treatment and mental health treatment. So they're going to get an assessment. They're going to see uh, a primary care phys uh, primary care provider to identify any um, medical needs and psychiatric needs that they might have. Um, but on a day-to-day -day basis, you're going to be going into a residential setting and the thing, you know, with the thing that, that, we, that you experience is when you walk into the building, you have a community that is positive and is is working toward the same goal of recovery and that um that the typical um so to speak con code is rejected in that type of environment where you have you you have accountability and you care for one another and you care about your environment and and um and that uh, uh it may it makes it a safe environment to do the work that you need to do um so you feel comfortable to talk about past traumas or talk about your mental health problems that that are coming up and uh just evening out that playing field so that you feel like it's a safe place to be able to to do that important work so uh, and, and and you're comfortable because uh, you're on the same level with with other people uh, who are going through the same thing. So it's a it's a lot different than if you went into a, a, a group of people who had never suffered from a substance use disorder or anything else and, and wouldn't understand, which is one reason why a therapeutic community is successful uh, 
in, in, in my opinion, I, I'm a, by the way, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And this program is not, even though we call it Odyssey House Journals, it's not aimed at directing somebody to Odyssey House necessarily, but if you need help uh, to, to seek help, however you can find it. And one of the numbers that we're gonna put up on the screen is our admissions office number. It doesn't mean you have to say I'm coming in, but it's 801-322-3222. And if you just have questions about, uh, about a program uh, or about whether you, whether you need a program or what kinds of programs are being offered, not just with Odyssey, but, a, but everywhere, uh, just call that number and, and somebody will be there to help you or leave a voicemail and you will, I guarantee, get a call back. Um, the interesting thing about Odyssey, when I talk to people, Adam, is people don't realize that they'll say, they'll have like one of our, one of our buildings, like in an area that they drive by every day and they'll say, well, that's Odyssey House. And I'll say, you, you don't understand, we, <laughs> we're a rather large organization and we serve a, a uh, a varied uh, group of people, different kinds of people. Can you, can you sort of elaborate on that? And again, I'm not trying to push Odyssey House, but I'd like to get the facts out about so people understand what it is we do. Sure. So we have we have a, a like you said a, a number of a number of different uh, programs and 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 services that we offer. So we we operate the full continuum of care for adults, so that means high-intensity residential, um, day treatment, uh, intensive outpatient, outpatient, uh, uh, early intervention services for adults. We do the same for adolescents. We do the same for parents with dependent children. <clears throat> we um, have a, a children's mental health program where uh, we have therapists going into uh, four of the districts in, in Salt Lake County, so we're doing uh, uh, elementary, middle, and high school aged kids doing mental health work with them and some substance, substance use work. Uh, we, uh, we have our Martindale Clinic, which is an integrated primary care clinic. So you, you can get your physical health needs addressed there. Also, you can get your mental health needs and SUD needs. So you can get um, mental health meds. You can get um, Suboxone or Vivitrol um, for, for uh, heroin and alcohol uh, use. Um, we, we have a, and the a, clinic also serves people in the community as well. Yeah, anybody can go. Yeah, anybody can go to the Martindale Clinic, whether or not you're a patient of Odyssey House and in, in our behavioral health services. Um, we have sober living uh, throughout the community. Um, and then we, we offer the cats and dogs programs in the Salt Lake County jails. And that's uh, essentially cats is a, is a 90 day residential program in the jail. And, and when you complete that, uh, you can transition into community-based care either with us or with another provider in the community, but gives you a, a head start on treatment while you're, while you're in jail. Um, and then dogs is just a, an outpatient in outpatient uh, uh, service in the jail uh, that just gets people acquainted with treatment and connects them to treatment in the community when they when they're released. A lot of people are not familiar with the CATS program. I've I've been able to be in the uh, in the in the various pods that we have out at the jail, 
uh, and and I don't think people realize the. Actually, it's it's. If I had to go to jail for a drug offense, I think I'd want to go to the cats program as being being in the general population. But but how it works is you're offered an option where you request to get in, and then you go to a specific pod. Can you can you sort of explain that so you? Yeah, so um, you can get in basically two ways. One, your judge orders you to do cats, um, or you're in jail and you request to do cats when you're in jail. And what happens is you're moved out of general population. You're actually moved from if you're a man. If you're a man, you move from uh, the metro jail to the Oxbow jail and go to uh, a separate pod where you're the whole um, the whole pod is doing cats. They're all it's it's our own program in the jail. Um, and then if you're a woman, you go to a specific pod in in the metro jail. And and the and, and I I know you have studies uh, that show how much spending that three month program in jail as opposed to being just in general population. Uh, helps reduce uh, recidivism by large numbers. Yeah, so an independent study done by Salt Lake County um, uh, showed that people who did the CATS program were 92% less likely to recidivate over the next three years. That's an astonishing number. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, and I think everybody was like, whoa, uh, but it works. And the reason why it works is that you're doing work, you're getting, you're getting treatment, but you're also getting uh, access to treatment in the community when you leave and you have access to, to healthcare and you have access to, to uh, 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 MAT, uh, both prior to release and, and post release. So you're really set up to succeed doing that. You, know, you brought up you brought up those three letters M A T, and I think one of the um, I think one of the significant changes uh, in in our entire program. I'm not talking about jail right now. Uh, is is our approach to um, in in the old days? It was sobriety was was the goal, total sobriety. Uh, so if you were uh, maybe you can explain the concept. Of con- and MAT uh, and how it works in our program uh, and because people on the outside may you know when I first heard about it I thought really I mean I'm a recovering alcoholic and it's like to me it sounds like well I could have a few drinks a day and I'd be okay uh, but it's, it's different than that but that's typical alcoholic thinking I guess so yeah I think I, I think what you're talking about is harm reduction uh, versus MAT which is a well, but MAT <laughs> is part of harm reduction Kinda. I, so harm reduction really looks at um, uh, making making uh, continued use to be manageable over time um, and and safe. So like harm reduction would would include needle exchange and um, and management of 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 drug or alcohol use over time. So MAT, and not saying it, that's there's a there's a need for that in the community. Absolutely, um, MAT is different 
in that that uh, suboxone or buprenorphine, uh, Vivitrol, and uh, methadone are all uh, evidence-based medicine to help address addiction problems long-term. And they can be used in any type of fashion. So uh, in, in basically in two ways, short-term, um, short-term use of those medicines while you're getting in, into early recovery or long-term, and both are viable. Uh, some people are on methadone or suboxone for many, many years, um, and they, they're doing quite well and they're, they're in recovery. And some people need to do suboxone to help or methadone to help with their detox or um, help engage with treatment, uh, and that works. So what, what it really means is those medicines help get people engaged with, with the recovery process without having that awful detox feeling. And, and we also know that after a period of sobriety, if you were to, to go out and use, you, you might overdose. And so continued use of, of Suboxone at low levels helps make sure that you don't have the cravings that you might have. And it's not like you're high, you're not high. <laughs> the purpose of, of Suboxone or methadone is just this low level so you don't go into detox. So you're not withdrawing from, from it, from, from that. So it's, it's a valuable tool as it relates to proximity to treatment and, and, and getting people to engage. Um, it removes barriers and it works. It works really well. And I, I think, I mean, uh, Randall, you, you've been, you're, you're talking about historically versus, um, versus who we are now. And, and, and uh, many years ago, early on, methadone, we, well, MAT wasn't allowed here. It has been allowed for many years now. Um, and we know it works. And I, I, I think that's like the embrace of data and, uh, and of knowledge that we get over the years, we adopt into our service delivery system. That is a huge reduction at the county jail. It makes a lot of sense. Back to our original topic, which we got waylaid on, uh, we were talking about then and now. So what's the big difference? How, how has Odyssey changed things for somebody coming in for treatment? Sure, so um, the, the first, probably the most dramatic thing that you'd see is um, the length of stay in residential is dramatically different than it was 20 years ago or 50 years ago. Oftentimes people were in treatment for two or three years in residential. No, no. So, um, and we know that you know, that is, we know we, we've adopted over, we've adapted over the years. Um, we know that engagement and treatment for a long period of time is very important, but the level of care is also very important. A residential stay for two or three years is inappropriate. And we learned that with new data. And so what we've done is we've created lower levels of care so people can drop down in, in, in their acuity when, when they're, they can drop down in, uh, in level of care to an outpatient level or a day treatment level and continue treatment for, uh, for a period of time. And, and that, that movement in that, in that continuum of care is fluid. So if 
you're doing well, you can go down in, in, uh, from residential to an outpatient setting. If you're not doing so well and you need some additional, additional help, you can go back up into residential for a period of time and then move back down. And so that's, that is truly individualized treatment that you, you come into residential for a period of time, you move down, or you start at an outpatient level of care and you stay in an outpatient level of care. It just depends on what, what you need. So, uh, so while we believe that people being engaged in treatment for a year or 18 months is probably a good idea, it doesn't have to be at the highest intensity level of care and it shouldn't be unless you need it. Um, the other thing that I'd say is, is dramatically different is the full scale embrace of MAT. And we know that MAT is, uh, is quite frankly, the, is, is the gold standard in addictions treatment for particularly for opioids. And so we're talking about the blend of behavioral health, treatment, talk therapy, and all that kind of, all of those things coupled with medicine that we know works. And so when you do that, you're getting the best treatment that you can. And that, that has evolved, the field has evolved over the last 20 years and as such we have too. So we have people who are on Suboxone, we have people who are on Methadone, we have people who are uh, on Vivitrol or Naltrexone and all of those things work. And they keep people in treatment, they keep people safe. They're, um, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a new day and, and because data, data drives our, our decision making. And, and we'll have a lot of changes in the future as, as new data comes in, I suppose, you know. Sure. The more, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to some sort of medicine that can be used for methamphetamines. Um, and there isn't a, an efficacious medicine yet. And as we see uh, a new surge in methamphetamine use, uh, uh, a medicine will be critical to helping address that as well. So to the uh, therapist friend of mine who's in private practice, uh, things have changed, right? We, we, don't, we don't keep we keep people in residential care for two or three years. We don't lock them in rooms. Uh, and the other thing is in our program, you can walk out anytime you want, right? Yep. There's, you don't have to be here. Um, and, and we'll help, you know, if you don't want to be here, we'll help you transition to another, another organization or another level of care so that, you know, that we realize that some people do really well in this setting, in, in our program, some, sometimes people need to go to a different agency and that, that makes sense. And that's why we cross refer to other organizations because um, that's what's appropriate. And we're, uh, we, I should say, we're celebrating next year's our 50th anniversary. And I, and I, even though I'm prejudiced because I work here, I would say uh, one of the reasons that we've had such longevity is we have made those changes because uh, we've had to make those changes, right? Well, yeah, it's not, it's not just having to make the changes it's that, you know, as I said early on, that we started as an organization that was forward thinking and so that's the philosophy that certainly I've been, I bring to the table is that we need to continue to look at what's the best, um, 
what's the best treatment method for people who are suffering from addiction or mental health? And as new data comes, we'll adapt to that and, and add new things or drop things. And, uh, you know, it's just like, just like our colleagues in, in physical medicine, you know, you, you learn new, you, you learn new treatment, you know, learn new treatments as things come up. You, we don't bloodlet anymore, you know, like, like the, there, there are things that used to happen and we know don't really work where there's better treatment than uh, than that. We we don't use leeches to get rid of bruises anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Actually, when I, when I I I dated a woman in Detroit years ago in a Polish neighborhood, and they still had tanks of leeches that you could buy at a pharmacy, and then you were supposed to put them on bruises. So it was pretty pretty incredible. <laughs> changes. Can you? Uh, well, yeah, glad we don't do that anymore. I don't know if you realize, Adam, but this, this podcast, uh, we've done analytics on it. It's heard in, uh, we have listeners in Russia, Iran, uh, a big following in Switzerland. Uh, so you're, you're famous coming on here. Well, that's, 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 uh, that's incredible. I'm, 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 I'm surprised to hear that, and I'm, I'm glad to meet all of you virtually. Now, now I've, I've said, and I'm, I may put this on an expense account, even though I'm a recovering alcoholic, and we obviously don't advocate drinking, I've, I've said to any of my Russian uh, followers that if, if you come over to the United States, I'll buy you a good bottle of vodka as opposed to the cheap Russian vodka that you're drinking. So I may put that on an expense account. <laughs> yeah, unless they need treatment, then, then no vodka. There you go. And what about that raise I asked for? Oh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> So's Christmas, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Christmas is coming before that, right? Adam Cohen has been our guest. He's the CEO at Odyssey House. Uh, he is my boss. Uh, and and I, I hope it hasn't sounded like I tried to kiss his butt or anything or try to, uh, or try to get you into Odyssey House because just, we're trying to make this an honest look at, at, at addiction and recovery. And again, if you want to call in and get any information at all, it's 801-322-3222. And as long as COVID is around, you'll probably be seeing us on Zoom with my various guests. And after that, we will have a new studio and a new co-host, which I will introduce you to as soon as this whole stupid pandemic is over. So thank you for watching Odyssey House Journals.